Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Happy Thanksgiving week, everybody. Hopefully you get an opportunity to hang out with those you love, family and friends and the like, and then make your way to Tallahassee, Florida, if you're not already here, to enjoy Florida State and Florida. Should be a fun game, incredible atmosphere, nice weather, not as cold as I would have liked. Nice weather, but not as cold as I would have liked. Well, Yesterday was a little bit better in that. Yeah, regard. it was. Yeah. But I want. I'm, I'm talking about this Saturday. We're not going to get what we had hoped for. I uh, was hoping. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was hoping for 40s or something like that. We're not. We're not going to get that. Not during the game. I don't think. No, it looks like it's going to be a little muggy. You know, heartbreaking. Yeah, not heartbreaking on the field. Florida State has been good. They continue to be really good, really, really good. And uh, putting people away early is a lot of fun. It makes for an easy life. And uh, Florida State's done that, just dominating folks right now. Quick question as an aside here. I was double-checking. I don't really care about these things as much, typically, because uh, it's a beauty contest and you've got folks that maybe aren't really watching the games making some of these decisions. But why is Florida State ranked behind Notre Dame? Notre Dame who lost at home to Stanford? My only guess is it's Clemson-like opponent. They beat him. We didn't. I guess... They did lose at home to Stanford. I agree. I agree. I know who I'd take if we go toe-to-toe right freaking now. Yeah. It, it, it's just, you know, something to point out. How much football did you watch? Could be pity for the dump of a town that they live in. How much football did you watch on Saturday? On Saturday, you know. After I, it was all said and done. I didn't watch as much of that night slate as I thought I was going to. Oh, I, it was, I was incredible. Yeah, I know. It just, I don't know. Some some nights you go, you know, maybe I'm just going to enjoy the weather outside or whatever. You got a TV outside, buddy. I know. <laughs> How did you not watch USC and UCLA? I think I was I was put off, even though it was really entertaining. I watched South Carolina amass the lead before Hooker got hurt. Which is sad. It is. Yeah, yeah really. I hated is. that for him. Yeah. And I, I thought, all right. And then, you know, Tech in North Carolina, I watched that wrap up and laughed, and that was yeah. funny. And I just, for in, in a rare instance, this is really atypical <laughs> for me. I said, all right, I'm good. I'm good on football for today. Well, not me. I couldn't wait. I watched Oregon and Utah, and I watched UCLA and USC, and I needed all the football I could get. I, I'm not going to stop. I, I mean, we, we have precious little left. So I took them all in, and man, am I glad that I did. The UCLA-USC game was, I mean, admittedly, if you like defense, you didn't get any until that final interception. But it was fun just to flip around all of the games that were going on late because we had a lot. We ended up having a lot of close games, a lot of moments where you're like, whoa, this is getting nuts. Uh, once our game was over, which was basically a few minutes after it kicked off, uh, you know, it was pretty easy to start to divert your attention to the crazy endings that were going on with Michigan. And I do want to say this, for all the times that a coach will claim that a team practices something when they're able to execute in a moment of crisis, uh, 
and most of the time, you know, they're kind of full of it. They don't practice it the way that they want you to think that they do. Clearly, Sonny Dykes and his team at TCU practice last-second field goals with no timeouts and getting your offense off the field and your special teams on it without any hitch in the giddy-up. That was as well an executed special teams moment as I've ever seen in the waning seconds of a football game. Nobody looked flustered. Everybody's like, we got this. I mean, right after the play ended, the TCU offense got up, summarily trotted to the side. They were on the right side as the special teams unit trotted on from the left side. Nobody weaving in and out of each other. Nobody were. They all got lined up. My man knew right where to stand, right where to kneel, ready for the ball. Kicker trots out. Got this. Let's go. Pat, 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 pat. Down the middle. Peace. It was impressive. I was really floored. And after the game, he's like, well, we practice that every Thursday. That's what we do on Thursdays. We practice that every Thursday. I was like, I believe you. Clearly you do. And it's gotten through. That was incredible. What a moment. A lot of fun to watch. You know, all I could see was from the game cast because I was doing the post-game show mm. at the time. So that that's pretty cool. I'll you need to go, go watch it. That. You're going to laugh. Yeah. You're going to be like, that. that is as efficient uh, an operation as I've ever seen in special teams. Especially you have no timeouts. We got to get this thing off. Normally, you see it's man. Oh, gee, run out there, Ronnie! And you got twelve. There's some people are flipping out. You know, your kickers are like, come on, come on, come on. Everybody's looking. Yeah. The guy in the booth is like, they got to hurry here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, got to yeah. hurry here. You, you can hear Gus, right? He's saying it. Oh, they got to hurry. And you know, it's perfect. They were just like, no, we got this. We're good. Good. We we do that. We should never do it the other way. We should always do it like there's no time on the clock. It was unbelievable. And then I I did. I went and looked it up. I wanted to see what he had to say. And he's like. Every Thursday, we practice that every Thursday. Yeah, we were ready for the moment. As soon as it happened, I told him, let's go. And he had like a code word for it, and they're all like, I was like that is so awesome. Good for those kids. I, you never see that. That was good. Also, it was something to behold that Michigan was going to blow this Michigan-Ohio State matchup. And then, obviously, what happened happened. It was a weird weekend. We went into the weekend not thinking that there were that many good games to be had. And as it turned out, Ohio State versus Maryland turned out it's 33-30 to in the fourth quarter. You've got the Michigan game with Illinois. Fat Bielema is almost pulling off the upset of the year. It's a great matchup for them, yeah. 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 Then you get TCU with another last-second win, the manner in which they did. USC, who's number five in this week's AP poll, getting the win that they did. I will say this about USC. I'm not sure that there's another team in the country whose quarterback is more solely responsible for them being any good at all. So would that mean you'd pick him for the Heisman? Yes. Okay. 100%. Yes. Uh, he's been better than C.J. Stroud. He's been – he and Hinden Hooker's now hurt and they lost, and that's just not going to happen for them. And, I yes, overwhelmingly, he's a freak. That He accounted for more than 500 yards in that game, but he's – it's throw after throw after throw after throw. There, there were two in that game, Tom, where you're going to, like, if you saw it, because you and I love the NFL as well, and we love the draft. So when you see certain kids make certain throws, you're like, oh, well, that is different. Well, and that's like Anthony Richardson watching the best of him is an NFL highlight reel. Yeah, His best throws are crazy good. He has fewer of them than... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm just saying that to your point about mm-hmm, the NFL mm-hmm. stuff. I, I do often, as I'm watching, think, well, that would play on a Sunday. Right. And that is... It's true. Uh, without question. And it, it's... When you watch USC, they don't defend anybody. So if he doesn't make plays, they can't win. It is crazy. 
Uh, it's every possession. He's got to make a draw-dropping draw, throw, and he does. You're like, well. And also, I think, just another observation here, because he was once at Oklahoma. Both gentlemen were. At some point, do you think Lincoln Riley's going to be like, man, maybe I should get a, t- you know, get a defense together? I mean, are we ever going to stop anybody? I mean, sweet Jesus, Lincoln. All those years at Oklahoma, they're having to win 52 to 46. And, I mean, nonsense like that. Oh, man, that was close. That was legit close. <laughs> well, it made, made me mad when he was at OU. I'm like, come on, man. We, you know, That's what that is. I can feel that yeah. personal Well, they spike. score 55 every weekend, and they're yeah. in danger of losing four games a year. What are you doing, yeah, dude? Yeah. Get a stop every now and again. No. They've got $50 million now to throw around well, the problem. Well, throw around at the defense. Throw it at the defense at some point because all Lincoln-Riley teams do this. They score a gazillion points. His offense is awesome. Always. It's always awesome. But they don't stop anybody ever, and that's Southern Cal as well. It's an interesting game this weekend, though. Because it's Notre Dame and USC. Well, Notre Dame's going to try to run the what ball. What a and clash of styles. Well, and I'm actually very excited about that. I, I do. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about the games this weekend. Obviously, ours being first and foremost. Yeah. But there's some interesting matchups. Um, I dare say, I mean, Tennessee could have a problem this weekend. You lose your, your, your hero and a guy that had to have been the heart and soul of that team. And Vanderbilt's won two straight. Do you think Clemson could have a problem after the South Carolina that we saw on Saturday showed that they exist? Like that's in them? Yeah, I just don't know how to. What do I do with South Carolina? What do I? Who are they? Do you trust them at all? I mean, you may be talking to a guy who took the under on a ten and a half (laughs) before the season started, but I just found that it could be a little bit more interesting now. I think I was on the right side of that, looking at what Clemson actually is this year. It's kind of miraculous that they're in position to win eleven games. But South Carolina could make that interesting now. They could. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it would be a fun game to watch if they do. Uh, I, I can't trust them each week. I don't know what that was. You, that, you've not seen too many contrasting performances as stark as those two. South Carolina against Florida and South Carolina against Tennessee. Well, and South Carolina against A&M really wasn't all that impressive. It was just a, a hellish start. And then they held on for, for you your know, life. Yeah. 48 minutes. It's it's weird to watch. Um, by the way, that what we haven't mentioned about this weekend were the seventeen people that went to the Texas A and M game. Holy moly! I mean that that's got to be it, right? There was nobody there. You at one point, I do think I saw a stat that UMass was out gaining A and M like midway through the second quarter on the ground. But yes, I would. When the cultists don't show up, you got a problem. I mean, that is a big problem. You know, if the Scientology facility down in Clearwater is empty, that's something. Something's <laughs> up. <laughs> They're not down with your brand, right? I think I would vote for Caleb Williams to win the Heisman. I was just looking up. Well, some- here's his chance this weekend. You could cement your candidacy with a big performance against Notre Dame. He's completing 65% of his passes. He averages nearly 10 yards a throw, and he's got 33 touchdowns to three interceptions. He's also rushed for over 300 yards and seven touchdowns. And I don't know. It's just play after play after play with that kid. He's really, really good. Now he's got weapons galore, and Southern Cal is going to score a lot of points for the very near future. Uh, They just have to find ways to stop people. The rest of that AP, and I was getting to it solely because I wanted to note that Florida State is 16th in the country with a win this weekend. Could be hovering around that top 10 because a lot of teams play each other there. 
Uh, could that you know Notre Dame plays USC for example? You've got games where we're we're closing in on soon enough. Where if Florida State can win this this Friday against Florida, Tom, and all these teams that have two losses have that rivalry game, or if they're in a conference championship game. So what do you do? So LSU is nine and two. They play Texas A and M this weekend. They'll probably put win. You know, they'll put a hurting on Texas A and M, right? And they're knocking on the door trying to get into that top five. That number's only ten. Yeah, A and M's not trying real hard these days, folks. So I, I would, I'd lay that ten. Maybe but, there's an interim coach. Maybe that's why they have the number at ten. <laughs> they know something we don't know yet. But let's say they go on to lose to Georgia and they finish with three losses, and you know they're they're ten and three, and Florida State's nine and three with a head-to-head win against LSU. I mean, I you can start to, you may be going to be able to, in pin, put Florida State into that top ten. How about that, buddy? Yeah, I'm looking at the slate on Saturday, and it is robust. There's a lot of things that, you know, maybe even if a game is not interesting on its face for the college football playoff, LSU and A&M is going to be on the TV. I mean, this oh, is you're just watch it just to see a little shot and whether or not TV. it's a yeah, bloodbath. Michigan-Ohio State at noon. So let me ask you this. Notre Dame mm-hmm. and USC mm-hmm. or Michigan-Ohio State, which game do you think would be more competitive, will be more competitive on Saturday? It's interesting because, I mean, I do think – that Ohio State number is already over seven. It's at seven and a half. They don't believe, obviously, in Michigan's offense fresh off that game against Illinois. Apparently injuries as well for the Wolverines. They, they have some. I, uh, I don't, I, that's going to be a good game. I want to watch both. That's my answer. I'm very excited. Well, I want to watch both. They're spread out very far in the day, so you have that ability to do so. The Saturday, I could get used to this Friday situation. I know a lot of people don't like it. I could get very used to a Friday game and then sitting back and watching everybody else on a Saturday. That's not going to suck. And by the way, if you're wondering how it all lays out, yes, we have the uh, pregame show, as always. We will be there at Hotel Indigo beginning at 4.30, and you guys can swing on by if you're in town. It was so great to meet so many of you. Lewis, if you're listening, appreciated meeting oh, you. Oh, man, that was great. Dre, great to meet you as well, and thanks for your service. Awesome, man. So many people. And, uh, you know, we'll be there again. It's so much fun. The door's open at 4 o'clock. 4.30 begins the show. Tom and I will be there. Then you have the watch-along and then the post-game show, as always. So we'll be there. We'll be ready to go, uh, and we'll have a good time doing it. I, that atmosphere is going to be fantastic. Yeah, that's one. It's, given- been, a, it's been a minute. Given that you got the uh, the World Cup match as well, just for anybody traveling into town, leave earlier if you want to get to your tailgate lot or College Town in general. It's going to be a while if you think that you're just going to roll up towards that area of uh, town around 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. You, you probably want to get your car situated, parked, I don't know, by 1 or 2. It's going to be a busy day. It's going to be a very busy day and a, and a fun day. I do know that... Uh Again, for Florida State fans, uh, game day itself, the, the lots will be open at 10 a.m., if you're wondering. buddy. So the RV lots are open at 10 a.m. Uh, parking lots, I guess, are open around noon. I think that's right. Um, in the 40 minutes that we have left in the program, does the council need to meet? About a cat? Yeah, yeah. It's a two-man council. It's you and me. You have two votes, and I have one. So my vote doesn't count. Well. So you got to make a ruling here. I will. I will talk to you during the break. The great Irish Chappelle is going to join us here pretty shortly. 
you and I will have a decision when we come back from the commercial break. Looking forward to this. I've, I've thought about it off and on. You know, we haven't had one in a long time. And that's no reason to just have one. Oh, willy-nilly like. The 10 a.m. thing is a little stunning, though. That's, that might affect some well, of the conversations here. I wanted to double-check things. Okay, so let's do this. The RV lots open at 10 a.m. Okay, the RV lots. RV lots. So they're partying. 10 a.m., the RV. The, 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 you, you own an RV. You know yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, you're getting down. You've already been partying. All right, so the RV lots open at 10 a.m. The parking lot's open at noon. Oh, okay. Big difference. Those you two still hours. Get seven hours. Yeah, but the 10 a.m. is the heavy, heavy pour on the bloody, and then that could set you off or a screwdriver, and then you're off and running. People also forget that there are categories. It's not a singular category. There are categories, and that's where this all started. So, you know, it's not one or none. It's not that way. So you have to keep in mind, we grade these things. But also, there's a lot of considerations here. <laughs> Lobbying. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm impartial. Yeah. And I have a vote. You do have a vote. I mean, I have you, the ultimate vote, but sure. You've got two votes and I've got one. Right. That's right. So mm-hmm. you've got, you got the power. I do. Thanksgiving. Some mm. people on Thanksgiving get mm. a little extra. So if, if you've got a little bit of something bleeding over from Thanksgiving night and you're watching uh, New England and Minnesota, the 8 p.m. game, go to bed late, that can influence how you need to govern yourself the next day because you could be coming off of a strong one. There's another way to look at that. If you keep it together on Thanksgiving because you're the head of the household and you want to set a good example, perhaps you've got young ones, and, you know, Uncle Ted's going to drink enough for everybody. And then you've got his wife, Marie, who's really annoying. Right. And But she always knows when it's time to go. Right. Damn it, Teddy. Yeah. Every year. And you're chuckling as you eat another boiled egg, soft-boiled. Good night, everybody. He's yeah. ridiculous. Hard-boiled, whatever the hell I'm talking about. Uh, you know, so all of those things, it's great. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Good to see you, Marie. Ted, be well as always, buddy. Ah. Take some aspirin. As he's out the door. Well, I'm going to see you at noon tomorrow. The lot's open at noon. Yeah, oh, yeah, so that's him. Okay. So Ted and Marie just left. Meanwhile, your cousin never knows when to leave, and there he sits waiting to have a long conversation with you about his life, which you're not even all that worried about, but he wants to tell you about it. And now you have to ask him how things are at the job. How's Orlando treating you, Bob? Yeah? And still at the, yeah, still there? Cool. But that's dangerous, though, if we're talking about personal responsibility. Because yeah. when you ask that question, it could be accompanied by glug, 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 <laughs> glug. So you're going back. Really? And, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Here we go. So you have all of these things, and then, you know, maybe you keep it, you keep it, you know, tidied up, locked in. Everybody leaves. It's midnight. <sighs> Hun, I'm not responsible for tomorrow. I'm not driving. This is going to be a good day. I'm starting early. Coming in hot. Can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. So here we go. This is, uh, I'm going to bed. Did you buy the extra hot sauce <laughs> for the bloodies? <laughs> so that's, there's two sides to this. So there's that guy. And if you're designating based on that guy, that, that could influence you. If you're based on the other guy, yeah, Ted. Ted. And that's going to lessen things. So we'll talk, we'll talk it through. 
Irashafel set to join us momentarily. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Real quick reminder to sign up for Orange Theory Fitness right after Thanksgiving because you've gotten fat. Football season has really seen uh, all of us be gluttonous. It's uh, what we do. It's heavy season. We didn't know how to handle all the winning. No, we got to work it off together, guys. We've got to work it off together on the other side of Thanksgiving, trying to get some semblance of health back to us before Christmas. Then you could really lock it in in the new year. And that first month is free, and then you get that heart rate monitor. You save even more money. They do you right. First workout is free. You can go in there and try it, figure it all out. Orange Theory Fitness is where it's at. Two locations here in town. Swing on by Midtown if that's more convenient, or out there on the north side by Fresh Market where I go. Corey Clark goes there now. He's been working out at Orange Theory Fitness. Uh, he's added it to the uh, repertoire. You getting some rowing in this week before the food I, on Thursday? I, I need to. I need to. I, the heavy season's always tough. I've really been proud of you. Uh, you have been it, able to shun the gluttony that I have not. It's been a late recovery. There, there was some gains, but I'm down to three or four to the good side from LSU to this point. I'm just glad I'm going to be able to fall back on it uh, and get really after it as soon as football season ends. But I, I refuse not to enjoy football season, and this has been a very enjoyable football season. I agree. It's just, for me, it's about weekday management. You handle your weekdays, and then, well, with the Saturday schedule, it probably helps me too, you know, because yeah, yeah, we've got true. the that's pre, true. the end, yeah. the post game. All my responsibilities over with the pregame show ends, at least for that Saturday. This Saturday could be a lot of fun. <laughs> you saw the countdown is already on for the for the keg stands and the funnels. Yeah, that's in the chat. Now we got to go take care of business, but we're under 140 hours. Well, and so. I, I, Ira said he was going to do more than a more than a beer funnel. A two beer funnel. A two beer funnel. I, I, yeah, I don't know if he said just two. Could be three. I don't. Is he on? We can ask him right now. Ira Shafel joins us on the Jeff Cameron Show. Ira was it two, three, four beers? I'm not putting a cap on it. Is all. <laughs> Whoa! We'll see. We'll see how this game goes Friday night, and we'll see. I'm not. I'm not going to impose a cap until I know how the game goes. Well, what I like is that he's that kind of open. He is ready to celebrate along with everybody else at this point, man. This has been. I, I began the show today, Ira, with a whole bunch of uh, praise for the program, and just talked a lot about after another another blowout win. How imminently likable this group is because of the work, because of the stick to because of what they've been through and all of that, the way they play on Saturdays and the, and the way they play for each other. And, you know, we talk about it a lot, man. But 
every time you watch them play, you smile a little bit because somebody's doing something that reminds you of how far this program has come. Yeah, and really, that's you know the other part of it. You know, kind of tied in with that is just the fact that it's not like it's you've got a Dalvin Cook, or right? You've got a, a you know you've got one player that's just so great that you know you've got this window of time, and you know you need to take advantage of it because you don't know when that that window is going to close, and if he goes pro or whatever it is. But that's not like this, you know. They're, they're like Saturday. Johnny Wilson played like I don't know five snaps. It seems right. right. Mike Pittman didn't play very much. Um, you know, it just it doesn't matter. You know, they've got it doesn't really seem to matter who's on the field. They're going to put up points, and the defense is going to stop people. And you know, and again, Louisiana is not very good, but they're not terrible. And just like Syracuse is not terrible, Georgia Tech and Miami are not. I mean, well, Miami might be. Yeah, Miami's terrible. But, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's just impressive the fact that they bring it every week, and I'm yeah, yeah just, I'm excited to see what they do Friday because you know I, I just I think they're a much better football team than Florida. But I know because it's a rivalry, nobody's gonna we're not gonna really let ourselves probably embrace that. Although you did against Miami, um, you know this is the same approach I took for Miami is oh you don't know what's gonna happen, but. It feels like Florida State's a, a, a significantly better team than Florida, in my opinion. Well, then do it, baby. Drop Let's it. See. Tell everybody about this ass kicking that's coming on Saturday. Go <laughs> ahead. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I will say this. Yes, we. I, I really did think they'd blow Miami out. I thought we were catching them at the right time, that Florida State was really coming on, and, and Miami had some serious question marks. And Florida State is better than Florida, but I do think Florida's far more competitive and physical than oh, Miami was. For sure. A lot more. And I will say, and I've watched a lot of them, and I think we both have, when Anthony Richardson's good, he's really good. And when he's right. bad, he's pretty damn bad. So it's a weird, it's a weird thing to try to peg or, or, or really know for certain because when he plays well, man, that kid makes all the throws, plus we know how physical he is and how fast he is. It's just, it, you know, obviously I think the real distinct advantage here is Florida State's offense is going to move the ball against Florida's defense. That, that is going to happen. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not, you know, you're able to get stops. Is that the element of the game that you're most intrigued by is, is Anthony Richardson and Florida's offense against Florida State's defense? Yeah, to me, he's kind of he kind of feels a little bit kind of like a, a Spencer Rattler, mm. like where he could he could get hot and and you could be in trouble, like uh, you know Tennessee uh, was he <laughs> was on Saturday night, or you know you could not be. But but I again I yeah to that point, the fact that Florida's defense has not been very good. One thing that really you know again I think has me excited about Florida State's chances is you know the the run defense has been so good i think they're going to have a major advantage on both lines of scrimmage i mean i think Florida State's going to be better on the lines of scrimmage Florida also isn't going to have Ventral Miller for the first half which is a positive obviously um and they're you know they just i don't know man i just i i i'll be very surprised if they come if Florida comes down here and puts up a lot of points against the, this defense the way it's been playing in that environment i mean i think it's going to be a great environment yeah i do too I the defense is going to continue to play well and so you're not going to get a lot of cheapies. Um, this defense doesn't give up cheapies. That's, you know, we complained in the first half of the season, they didn't create a lot of big plays. They didn't get a lot of turnovers. Now they've been get, starting to get some of those, but they still don't give up a lot of cheapies. And so, you know, is, is Anthony Richardson going to put together a bunch of drives where he's hitting consecutive passes underneath? You know, we'll see. Uh, I don't know that they're going to give up a lot of deep shots. 
I want to point to your 3-2-1 column as we did in hour number one. I liked it, uh, especially this week, Ira. Uh, not every week, but this week was especially good. I'm Perfect. Not, I'm not hey, trying I don't, to... I don't care about the other one. <laughs> I'm just teasing. It's always great. But this one I liked because you made a point that uh, I, I think will cause people to take a step back and think a little bit about how much uh, they've enjoyed this season. Because, as you noted, this sport has never been more fluid. I think is what you wrote than it ha- than it is now, and I think that's accurate. Like, I think Florida State has a bedrock for success moving forward. That he's put together a program that's rooted in the right things. But given the NIL era and the ability to transfer, uh, just because I don't know, you're in a bad mood and you got mad about something one week, um, and, and it seems like that happens all over college football now. You just don't know from year to year if you're going to have a team that you can project. You know, hey, this guy will be back. This guy is going to be really good in two years. You just don't know who's going to be here and who's not. And so try to enjoy this and really appreciate what this team is uh, was one of the many uh, things that you wrote about, at least in terms of understanding the fluidity of college football these days. Yeah, and, you know, you look at these rivalries, you know, a lot of times through the years you'd say, you know, for example, when Jimbo got here and, like, the the running game, they start running the ball down Miami's throat, and you, you, you look at – the talent you have, and you look at what they have, and you say, okay, well, this is going to be a tough couple of years for the Hurricanes. Like, mm-hmm. These guys are just going to get bigger and bit better and stronger, and the, your guys are not going to be as good, and there's not a way to change that overnight. Well, now there kind of is ways to change that overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, we certainly know Miami is going to be a big player in the NIL space, and um, and then on the flip side of it, I think Florida, Florida State's going to have something to deal with this offseason that they have never dealt with before, and then I do think they're going to have other schools trying to poach some of their better players or players that maybe aren't playing a lot right now but have a lot of potential. And so that's going to be a challenge as well. Guys, you, you, you're convinced are going to be stars next year or the year after. Well, they may end up leaving for greener pastures, and we all know what kind of green that could be. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's just that is, that is, to me, the challenge. This rivalry, both of these rivals, Florida State, Florida, and Florida State, Miami, have always been very – streak driven you know one team kind of gets the best of it for four or five six seven years in a row the other one then the other one takes over uh i don't know if we'll see that as much now because if florida state beats florida they swept their two rivals those teams are going to go out and make personnel changes and so that's going to be uh you know it's just going to be you know i just don't know if you can count on that success carrying over the way it has in the past suspicion that you have ira that you revealed in the column is that Florida State's going to come out and play well Friday because you think there is unfinished business and they have been locked in and focused towards this end all season long. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I just, I, again, I was really, I, I thought that before, but I was really impressed with the way the guys talked after the game Saturday night, Norvell included, um, but but especially the players. Like, they're just, you know, it just seems like this team, is going back to Syracuse, it was the same way. They're very not uh they're not as impressed, I think, with right. themselves as, as we are. Right. Um, and so I think that that Florida game, man, I, if Florida State had won that game last year, I don't, I'm sure they would be focused and motivated, but that game was embarrassing. Florida State, you know, they thought they had changed in terms of how they approached football, and they reverted. They just played sloppy. They got emotional. They didn't handle it. Then you saw them handle it so much better against Miami, and I think that was kind of reflecting on that Florida game. Well, now's a real chance to do it because you're playing that Florida team again, and that Florida team apparently is just as undisciplined as they were last year. Tons of personal fouls, tons of penalties, 
And Florida State needs to go out there and sh- you know, prove to them we're not going to fall into that trap because they didn't against Miami. They rose above it right. and played better and cleaner. This is an opportunity to do that, and I think that's a subplot that is going to drive them to really uh, play a good game. I, I, I'll, I'll be very surprised if Florida State's not very sharp at this game. Couple more things. Uh, how did they look at practice today? I know you were there. What was the mood like? And then, secondly, and I can report this because I saw it. Bless Harris was on the practice footage that we had on War Chant. That's a huge development. I don't know if they plan on playing him, but I saw him. I know my eyes did not deceive me. I saw him with the uh, with the pads on and everything. So I guess could you speak to that as well? Yeah, he um, he's you know. He, We've seen him kind of doing more and more kind of in his rehab. Um, I don't know that they're going to try to get him in a game or not, um, but uh, he he's definitely gotten better and better in his rehab. And like you said, today he was dressed out, and I think that was the first time we've seen him do that. Um, so, you know, I think he's making progress. Maybe he could play in a bowl game. I'm not 100% sure on the medical redshirt rules, and, like, it, it might depend if you've redshirted before, whether or not – because the four games thing right. is, is – is if you've never redshirted, it's a medical. I'm not sure if he could come back late in the year and still get his medical. Um, I, I'd have to look that up. I can't recall, but um, it's yeah, it's definitely a great sign either way. Going into the off season, the winter conditioning program, and then in the spring, he would have a full off season. So that would be really positive. Um, I actually had to bail a little bit early on practice today because I had something, a family thing going on. Nothing bad, just I had to take care of something. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was there, yeah, I thought uh, you know it looked very business as usual and good. Good spirits, and you know, I thought um, you know everybody that you want to see there was pretty much there. That's the you know we can't get talk too much right. about specific <laughs> injuries and things like that, but but for the most part, everybody you wanted to see was there and playing. And and uh, again, man, you just got to get these next few practices and be full full health for that Florida game because you know I just think that game is going to color everything about this season. You know, it's unfortunate because it's been a wonderful ride and it's amazing what they've accomplished. But if if you don't finish the deal in this game, I think it's going to put a tint on you know uh, some of the excitement that we that everybody's felt during the season. Well, I can't let you go without noting that several people in the chat are lobbying for you to drink one beer in that funnel for every ten points Florida State scores. <laughs> so I don't know. That could get dicey, man. I've seen Florida's defense. You don't think they're uh, going to drop 50 on them, do you? I mean, that'd be five beers. 40-something. Mm. Uh, mm. Well, hey, well, it's under consideration. I'm not shooting it down. All right. I well, I'm fu- not putting a cap. It's under consideration. You know what I like? like a long funnel. What I like about this with Ira is it lets you know that there was a young Ira at some point <laughs> who fancied himself a funnel master. Because my man doesn't even shirk any sort of like number. You could be like seven. Well, maybe, maybe I'll do seven. I'll do. So clearly, he has ventured down that road before, and and shown the prowess. Uh, brother, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll be well. Thanks, man. See you guys. Yeah, take care. Uh, com. You know, I mean, he doesn't even bat an eyelash. It's just sort of a well four. Five, I mean, I guess it's on the table. Like, goodness gracious. Well, when I saw him do that shot on Smash, that thing was a no joker. I was probably woke up the next day with a headache. That shot was so big. I mean, I didn't see it until the when we were doing the show. Yeah, the next day, and Matthew said, "You got to see this," and you said, "You got to see this." Like that big. That was that caught my attention. It was a shot. 
That's like when There's you see a man shot that right is there. When a uh, high, when a college coach sees some high school film and he goes, "Ooh, look at that yeah. kid." That that was not Mio and Water. That was a man shot right there. Is what that was. That's another shot of a different kind. I'm just teasing. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. I think Ira is going to get after three or four. I, I feel like that's a, a given. I think we're all right. Now, now the thing is, there's the matter of winning the game, and that needs to happen as well. Uh, obviously, we we got to got to win the game, and I I like that he's got a very good feel for this game. Um, he sounds like you did on Miami week. And me. The thing with Miami was that, you know, when you started looking at, um, I guess, their games, just looking at their games and, the, and where it was trending and the personnel and, like, I, I don't know. The more I did it, the more I was kind of like, ooh, they're not any good at all. And it became a lot easier to say it. Um, you had to get over the hump because of the U on the side of the helmet and what you're accustomed to seeing is at least some athleticism. But there wasn't a lot, and they didn't block it up, and they dropped a lot of passes, and obviously that, that offense, Van Dyke didn't take to that offense even when he was in there. There was just a lot of stuff that you didn't like, and so I kind of thought, well, goodness gracious, uh, I'm not so sure that they have a chance to compete against us. I don't say that when I look at Florida. When I watch Florida, like you just did, and that you'll be doing again today when you finish your column, I see some fight in there. I see that there's some ability in there. They're not a great team, and they obviously look at their record and look who they've lost to. They they are capable of really playing poor football, but they can occasionally play pretty damn good football. Yeah, with Miami, I watch those games and I I think to myself, what the hell are they trying to be? Right, like, right. What wh- wh- what are they going I for just, here? They looked like a team with- completely in transition that had nothing that they could fall back on, whose players didn't believe in the new system, and whose talents weren't very. Elite, and you but had all of it. Even when we were terrible, you know, two you years ago, they were trying and to be, we were yeah. bad last year. You say, "All right, I, I see what they're going for." With Florida, I certainly do see what he's, Napier wants. He, he wants, wants to run to be, the ball. He wants to be physical, very physical. Well, listen, I I think he's going to do fine there long term. I do, but this ain't the team right now. And it's interesting. You and I were talking during the break a while, yeah. a couple, a couple breaks ago, about if you're Anthony Richardson, I don't know that. You 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 ought not come back next year. I think you ought to go take it to the NFL. He should. He he's a project pick, so he's going to be a day three guy probably, unless yeah. the combine is just that freaky. But if well, I'm a franchise and I can, if I'm a even a Bucks fan, well, yeah. If you can get a kid get, in the third round with that ability, yeah. and then know you don't have to play him for two or three years, mm-hmm. yep. then I yes, I you would take do a chance. That. I would do that little, and I'd mold him. Little to no money. You know what I mean? There's no risk, but there is a huge reward if it works out because he's got some – I don't want to say the actual quarterback I could compare him to because the guy's way too good, and uh, he plays for the Buffalo Bills. So. Oh, yeah, Josh Allen. He, but, he, but, but he's big and strong like Josh he's, Allen. He's as tough yeah. to bring down yeah, as that yeah, dude yeah. is. He's as tough to bring down. Yeah, he's a big dude. He he's, is huge, and the arm action, he doesn't need to clean this up. It's clean. Yeah. But he doesn't see the field. No. He misses wide open reads. Dude. Which is so interesting. Whenever you get a kid that has certain things that are preternaturally good, like you look at a guy and you're like, oh, well, you can't teach that. Well, that's what the Bills did with Josh Allen, right? Nope. 
I mean, his numbers weren't great in college in terms of accuracy. And so when you looked at him, you're like, well, man, if you're not accurate there at, a, at that level, you know, then, then why should we take you? Well, well, the reason we should take you is you are a giant who can really run and has a cannon for an arm and you're yeah. willing to work. All you got to find out at that point are, is are you willing to work? That's where the comparisons, and they're not the same player at all, no. but don't get me wrong. But no, but Jalen Hurts. So when you take Jalen Hurts, it isn't because um, you think he's going to step right into an NFL locker room and be a starter who's polished. You saw enough problems with him as in college to know he's not ready-made. But he is going to work really hard, and he's got a freakishly thick body, so he's not going to get hurt. We've got time. We can mold him. and So you take the chance. You take the chance. I mean, you don't... You know, it, it, like you said, it's no longer as penal as it once was to draft a quarterback and and, and give him, you know, that first round money. Uh, and in this case, you wouldn't be doing that. You wouldn't be giving him anything close to first round money. Big, big, strong kid. And that's when you have somebody like that. That's why there is always a caveat of, well, if this guy's going to play out of his mind, then you've got yourself a football game. But the thing that I was shocked to see and watching more closely, because for example, that Tennessee game, we were doing the pregame show mm-hmm. in the formative moments, and we heard the crowd reacting to what was happening. But by the time we were done and, and the breakdown was over from Indigo, I remember standing with Aslan watching the onside kick at the end of the game. You know, that's how that's the only time I, I really got to see what was happening. Far too late, and it seemed like Tennessee had choked away a big lead and that they had owned the football field that day. They really didn't. They won in some situations. Florida was there toe-to-toe. But what was stunning to me was they didn't run the ball well on Tennessee. The Gators did not run the ball that well against Tennessee's front. And then I saw it against uh, again against Georgia, and this is where pro football focus sometimes is just dead wrong. One of their highest run blocking grades of the season was against Georgia, and I thought, oh well, I got to go see why. Yeah, I can't find it. You out can't why. find. I, I can't why. find yeah, it. Yeah, they yeah. went three and out the whole first half. There, there. I have a lot of issues with PFF. Not there are some things that you can really learn from PFF, so it's not yeah. invaluable. But I have a lot of issues but with PFF. In if general. you break an eighty-yard run late in the game, it's going to weigh it as though it was early in, in garbage time. They're going to give it the same weight that Correct. they would have play in the first quarter, which is dumb. But I'm just seeing consistently they've got issues running between the tackles, and that's what they want to do. They're going to hit their head against the wall, and with Fabian back, as long as the linebackers and the rotation is what it needs to be on the weekend. We're in position here to put them in second and long the whole day. While we're talking, I want to thank my friends at Tallulah. There's one now right over there by Thomasville, Georgia, if you're in that area. And the new Cava Bar is open in Bannerman Crossings. That's their second location in Bannerman Crossing. Uh, lots of Cava. Uh, Kratom drinks as well. They're tasty. You feel good. You feel good. Not hallucinogen good, but just good. Like, yeah, all right. That's kind of euphoria. Uh, they've got the... Midtown location in Soto, where the old Soto was. Uh, huge selection of mushrooms. You know. Vape selections as well. And uh, CBD for pets. You could make them a side dish on Thanksgiving. You could. I got mushrooms this weekend. Uncle Jeff's mushrooms. I got mushrooms this weekend stuffed with crab. Okay. And uh, I've got that. And then I've got another uh, set of mushrooms stuffed with cheese, Tom. What is going to be your signature dish? Like, did you get this for the purposes of Thursday, or this is what you just uh, enjoyed? Make yourself? it tonight. I don't oh, know. Okay. Yeah, no. I just want. I just saw them, and I thought these are going to be good. Is there because you like to cook? You enjoy I, that? I do. It gives you joy. I cooked a lot this weekend. I had the big old. Well, this weekend I used the pitmaster, the big old pellet mm-hmm. grill, and I got after it. I cooked skirt steak. Uh, I cooked uh, salmon. I cooked. I mean, probably three hundred shrimp. 
I cooked uh, chicken and I cooked some um, pecan encrusted uh, mm-hmm. tilapia, all right. All right. and it was also really good. With a nice demi glaze, it was delicious. Yeah. It was really good, and I also had asparagus and some other stuff in there. Well, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Now, what is going to be the signature signature uh, dish? A big ass turkey. Okay. Yeah, fried. Huh. Okay. Yeah, that's what that. Well, and then probably smoked salmon. You know, I always get the smoked salmon. Mm-hmm. I thought you weren't a huge turkey guy. I don't mind turkey. Oh, okay. All right. I don't mind turkey. I don't. I mean, I don't sit around dreaming of turkey, but I. I, I don't mind it. Uh, I, but I, I really like smoked salmon. So for me, I'll get after big ass fillet of smoked salmon. Mm. How early did you have to get the order in for that, that turkey? Did you put it in weeks ago? Last week. Oh, you made, you made you, it. You, I made it just in time. Okay. By the way, you know, uh, I will tell you that, uh, I was worried this year. You know, they had that, that turkey killing flu that was going around. Like all these, tur- oh, there, no idea. shortage of turkey, Tom. Like if you go to Costco to get your, they were they were running out of turkeys. And I'm it, skeptical. I think they did it. I think there was turkey side by these companies <laughs> so they could drive the prices up. That's what I think. Uh, nonetheless, I was worried, but there are turkeys everywhere now. They must have come out the flu on the other side. They're doing all right. <laughs> like, like Tallahassee. Ooh, okay, we're all right here. We're all right. You can get plenty of turkeys now, so I'm not really worried about it. But I, smoked salmon, some CBD. <laughs> <laughs> you doing a cat five rolling? No. Oh. I'm going to make a decision by Wednesday. Wow. I'm sorry, everybody. I will not be forced to make a decision before it's time. I'm, I'm having a hard time getting a feel. So I'm going to push it to Wednesday. It's like Baylor's upset, but uh, it's just a tease. It, it just <laughs> good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great night, and I will see you guys tomorrow.